Hi, I'm Faisal. And I'm Adi. And welcome to another episode of ANF Podcast. Actually, it's called Life Jam. Oh, bro. <laughs> is it? Like, the whole thing is called ANF Podcast. But ANF Podcast is made up of, like, a few programs. And, like, uh, our usual weekly kind of, like, talk about the arts and the industry. That one is known as the Life Jam. So, this is, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our Life Jam. Season 1. Season Episode one, 3. Yes. Episode 3. So anyway, for uh, this episode, uh, we'll be talking about the arts by whom and for whom. Mm. And this topic came about when uh, we attended the Arts and MP nomination town hall, which happened recently. And during that town hall, we kind of talked a bit about uh, the candidates and what they stand for. And basically, it got us thinking about, you know, the arts, like, who are, who are making art and who is it for? And, you know, with this whole pandemic thing and going into 2021 when things are getting a bit better, like, what's next, you know, for the arts? And, yeah, so... so then, And also, partly, yeah. I think uh, we wanted to talk about, like, uh, who are the arts for because... Uh, because of that recent article that came out, which uh, labeled uh, the artist or the arts maker uh, being a non-essential. Mm-hmm. So like uh, then we were thinking about like, what then is the function of art and like, who is it intended uh, and who is it therefore intended for? Yes. So maybe to begin this discussion, we can talk about who are the arts makers and creators. To me, the art, art makers and the creators are basically people who are in the arts, people who are dancers, who are actors, who are musicians, who are in the fine arts, you, you know, you are graphic artists and all of that. You could, and in theatre, you could uh, think about positions like, you know, uh, creative producers, writers, playwrights, actors, costume designers, lighting designers stage managers and all of that so basically these are the people who you know people who come together to create uh, a show or create an art form to put together something for the people to watch actually you mentioned something about the creative producers i think uh that is a very <laughs> controversial kind of term uh that, that have been coined uh, be- partly because I think there were a lot of like uh, debate about like what exactly a creative producer does because like uh, technically when you think about like the creator of the work like people who actually create like uh, who were involved in the initial stages of creating the work shouldn't they already be uh, considered as like the creative producers but uh, in recent time, I think there were also a lot of debates about like how some producers, they see themselves as creative producers because they, instead of just, instead of just bridging that gap between the artists and like the possible sponsors or like bodies that commission the work, um, they are also responsible in giving like inputs to kind of like uh, 
kind of like direct the work in a way that will suit certain uh, possible sponsors or com- uh, organizations that commission the Basically work. Basically the paymaster. The paymasters. Yeah. So uh, so they, they are involved in that whole process of like, you know, turning that 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 uh, objective or turning the the scope towards those possible sponsors and and uh, what do you call, do you call that the uh, the paymasters. Yes. So all this talk about you know creating uh, works and uh, creative works, uh, maybe you could, maybe Adi could uh, talk a little bit about you know your process about making data you know like from the beginning the end-to-end process and maybe you can talk about like you know what are the challenges that you face and you know when when you were doing when you intended to do a production like do you think about do you think a lot about like who is this what is this show about and who is this show for you know along, along those lines uh, okay when I create work the first thing that will always come to mind is where am I going to stage it? Because um, if I'm going to stage it in like a space within Singapore, I must be prepared to actually pay a couple of thousands for like uh, just a simple black box setting, uh, kind of like venue in Singapore. Uh, and that, and usually if you talk to any uh, performance arts creators they will always tell you that venue itself will be enough to kill you financially because uh, it's been kind of like uh, put out there with a very high rental rates so if you're not able to even like you know pay for the rental of a venue where you can perform then it is going to be hard for you to even create the work and stage it up and put it up to stage or put it up to the audience so venue is one thing the next thing that i'll be thinking about is like how much do i want to charge per ticket per audience because uh ultimately when you hire actors when you hire like all these different creative collaborators production crew and all yeah you will need to pay them and you need to pay them enough to make sure that they too have enough to kind of like uh put food on the table so those two components, I think they are the ones that will take up most of your uh, kind of like uh, production budget, budget. Product, mm-hmm. production budget. Uh, and like uh, when I did my calculation, right, usually like those two components will add up to about like close to 8K to 10K depending on how much you pay your actors and your directors and your script writer. Then, of course, uh, you will know for sure, uh, even if you were to run your show for like five days, the chances of you to break even is really tough in Singapore. So you will therefore need to like lean on uh, fundings from like organizations like the National Arts Council or like the Tote Boards or uh, MCCY, uh, National Youth Council, because those funding bodies are the one that 
uh, ensure that you will at least be able to break even after you paid all your rental fees, your actors and your creatives. Then of course, uh, when you apply for fundings for for all these different like from all these different organizations, they will always ask you like who is your target audience, what do you intend to do with your work, what are the main objectives, and they, you will always have to go with like the bigger picture, like uh, how it might change society, like their perception, their ideology, uh, the way they kind of like do things on a day to day basis. So. So you always have to aim for that kind of thing and you need to skew your perception or rather skew your work towards a, a targeted group you can't say like you oh i'm going to target like from like primary school to say the older generations because a lot of yeah a lot of the times uh the kind of topics that you choose to talk about within your artwork uh, uh will will not be able to hit everyone across those like age group or like gender divide and things like that not gender divide like both genders uh, yes yes encompassing all yeah encompassing both gender uh, boy spectrum. girls non-binary and what is there out there lah Basically. Yeah, so so when uh, when you apply for funding, the, the organizations or the funding bodies will always ask you all these questions like who are your target audience and so. So as an arts creator, because you are so, uh, rather you need to lean on these funding bodies. Therefore, whenever you create art, you can't help yourself but to think about like your intended audience. Yeah. Right. So. When we talk about intended audience, it's a very important thing because like when we ask for fundings, when we even ask for funding for non-government bodies, basically we go to like to a bank or some other kinds of foundation, they would be interested in who, how we are spending this money and who we are spending it on. And basically they become our paymasters and we as the creator of uh, an artwork, we need to be very, very careful how we want to craft the work because then because we are accountable, you know, to these people who have funded the money to us. Basically, they would want to also like... Uh, Basically, they have a responsibility. They need to justify yes. what do they get uh, in return from all those fundings. Yeah, so, so that becomes something that is very tricky uh, also because uh, you're always thinking about like a certain targeted audience then ultimately uh, at certain points of time let's say if you have created work over like a couple of years um, chances are your work will then be very uh, specific to a certain group of people and then there's also then the, the whole question about like inclusivity becomes an issue yeah so basically when uh when you, you talk about inclusivity right yeah so it's very hard to create an artwork ideally that pitches out to every single uh, demographics it's very hard because what we want to tackle in the maybe a theater show it's kind of 
uh, it's going to be very very difficult because then it becomes too wide and then the story becomes too it becomes too long I don't know maybe when you want to encompass a lot of things in one show then what are we trying to achieve like then the show becomes too confusing to me personally no but uh, okay because like if you were to think about like you know some artists they say that they create their work organically so they they produce it based on what they feel at that particular point of time rather than like oh who should i target my work at then my my question to this whole process of like thinking about your target audience would be would the process then be genuine and organic I guess that depends on the creative development of the you know the work because when when you think about creating something you know what you tend to you know uh, lean towards and for you Adi I know you lean towards doing uh, Malay folk tales and folklore for children and we do a lot of pantomimes so as as a person who create art you need to know yourself like what you're good at and uh, basically it comes with the knowledge it comes with the passion and the interest so so it's i i feel like you already know who is your target audience because based on what is your passion and what is your interest maybe i'm wrong <laughs> yeah uh I guess that's because like of my background, like I'm involved in education and like I've always been interested in creating works for children. But what I'm saying is what if like you have artists who who don't have a particular targeted audience, but they just want to produce work because they feel what they feel at that point of time, you know, then then uh, I don't see any problem with that. Then I guess that's when you feel like your work could reach out to a different kind of target audience because when you think about you want to do something else other than what you're passionate about or you have very strong interest in then i guess you have uh detoured from your you know your normal target audience then you need to clearly define that target audience who is this show for like yeah it's, it's not something that you have been doing a lot but you suddenly have this idea right you want to do a project that is different from what you do maybe for you Adi like you've, we've always done Pedro maybe you want to do something more serious maybe you want to reach out to a different target audience maybe the, the topic you want to talk about is not for students in primary school or secondary school maybe it's for you know teenagers maybe 18 and above or 18 to 25 you know you you already know like oh this topic will hit home to this group of people no actually my question was more of like um creating art for the sake of creating art like mm-hmm. without having to burden yourself okay. to think to think about like mm-hmm. the returns like what you get out of it like what you achieve out of it uh rather than than thinking about all that you just create art because it gives you joy it gives you mm-hmm that that feeling of like fulfillment which other things wouldn't be able to do like like for example like if you're a computer engineer you know that uh, doing doing all the codings and stuff 
will bring you the money but then like you wanted to explore something else and you find maybe painting give you joy give you a sense of fulfillment that 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 your ordinary job wouldn't be able to give you then how about that like how about like those people who just create work because it gives them joy it gives them that sense of fulfillment because in singapore to to do like a, a performance for example is going to be quite expensive then of course you you wouldn't be able to just jump into it and like say oh uh, i'm doing this because it gives, gives me fulfillment uh, at the end of the day you uh, how do you then justify this sense of fulfillment that you you get as an individual by paying like close to 10,000 for like a venue for like your actors to bring your dreams and vision to life then how do you even justify that especially when when everything in Singapore is so expensive like if you are paying 10k to do this particular production without just cause you want to do that production then you obviously that 10k you're giving up and you can use it to like maybe like uh for your own uh life sustenance or like to pay your mortgage or something yeah that's what i mean by like the whole idea of like producing work without having to think about your target audience or like what you get in returns and your uh, roi and all those stuff uh but at the same time without having to worry that you know by creating this work you will be starving yourself or like uh preventing yourself from from getting your usual daily needs yeah because I come from a marketing background, so the ROI is very, very important to me, even when it comes to publicity, even comes with uh, budget and finance. Yeah, I totally understand mm-hmm. that. But what I'm saying is that, like, is there a way, like, we can figure out, uh, because, you know, we, we, our topic is to talk about, like, arts, uh, who made it and for whom is it intended. But what if there's a particular artist who just wanted to create art because it gives themselves a sense of fulfillment, but because they, and, but because of, like, the whole, how this whole system works, like, to get, like, venues, to, to get, like, places where you can do your art forms, uh, can be quite expensive and you need to lean on, like, certain organizations to kind of, like, fund your projects. Then then uh, is there a way we can work out whereby the the artists don't even need to be burdened by like or targeted audience what do we get in return and stuff like that uh, I was I'm actually like more of going towards that whole idea of like could we make the whole process of creating art more affordable for everyone so that the artists no longer get burdened by by all the economical uh baggage that comes with producing the work that's a very good point i guess when you when you you know you you think from that perspective like you want to create art because you just have a moment of brilliance or you have a very good idea and and uh you just want to create uh that that idea before you lose it it's just the uh, creating arts for the sake of creating arts. So I guess then you still need uh, in your team of uh, data makers or art makers, creators, uh, you still need somebody who is able to uh, lay down the foundation of this of this project. So basically somebody who 
uh, can think about the feasibility of this project and uh, I guess networking helps. So if, if you are somebody who has a lot of contacts, you have a lot of resources, you know people who can help you, then I guess you can make it happen. But if you're going to talk about maybe from uh, a more governmental approach, uh, a more uh, bureaucratic approach to creating art for somebody who just want to create art for the sake of creating, then I guess there's, there needs to still be a system in place where uh, art creators, art makers can go to to kind of seek help and maybe uh, there is a fund, you know, there's a there's a pool of money somewhere maybe in MCCY or NAC where these uh, producers or these creators, directors or playwrights or dancers or what have you, they can go to and tell the uh, government body like, okay, I have this idea and this is my proposal and uh, I want to seek funds. So, so then you as the creator, then you have to work together with that person who lays down the foundation, right? To help you think about the feasibility of the project and how you're going to get resources. Yeah, but I was thinking, right, because of how like everything was systematically put in place, mm-hmm. uh, we as an artist, like, I don't think we are even allowed to put like works and present it within our own like HDB flat, for example. I was thinking along the line, like if you could actually like put up performances and like get people to come over to your house to watch that particular performance, then you wouldn't have to like spend so much to like, you know, rent a venue per se. And that alone will be able to like save you a lot of money. Like uh, we are talking about like 5k and above. So, so what I'm saying is like, or what I'm hoping uh, or wishful thinking uh, is that for us to be able to put up works in our own private space, like HDB, our own HDB houses. And uh, instead of like having to kind of like rent out a venue, I mean like yeah, people might say that oh then you have to think about the noise control and things like that. But the thing is right now, um, because of the rules in place, we are not allowed to actually like create work or like uh performances in our own HDB houses. Yeah, I guess there's a very uh sensitive uh, topic to talk about because when we talk about using public spaces like HDBs are actually public housing and they come with their own set of uh, rules I suppose mm. that you know there are only certain things they are allowed like if you have your own bungalow you have your own terrace you want to make a show you want to invite people yeah by all means it's because it's a private uh, property and you can do whatever with it if people don't complain then yeah then you can run your business as it is then that begs the question of like art, who is it for and who makes art? Then if you were to think back, wouldn't, because you talk about like private buildings, owning private buildings, owning private uh, houses, then that begs the question of like, is arts then only for the privileged people who can afford to make and people who can afford to enjoy? 
that is another very good question. Um, I, I feel like art is not for the privilege, but I feel like the creating of the art, you know, the producing of the art is, uh, you know, if you are, you come from a privileged background, then yes, because it's like, easier I've, for you to, you know. Yeah, because I kind of like uh, identified that to make art because uh, like I say, like the venue and everything, like uh, for you to practice the the art itself, it can be quite costly. And then uh, because it can be quite costly, you tend to be, to have to like lean on like uh, organization that does funding. And because of that, you the whole process is always burdened with like, oh, target audience, objective, what do I get in return of that? Instead of just creating art for the sake of creating art because it fulfills you as a human being. Uh, then you talked about like how, or rather I talked about how like, you know, if there were like certain things being put in place, like for example, like uh, if we were to be allowed to create art in, within our own like uh, HDB houses, uh, whereby we invite audience to come into our HDB house to like watch actually, a performance. Actually, it's been done. That, that would actually help us to cause, uh, to cut down like, like a few of the costings, right? Then you said that uh, a lot of the times, like uh, people who create arts and they want to do it in their own homes, it has to be a private homes. Then that begs the question of like, is arts only meant for the privileged? Actually talking about HDB, actually there is an arts exhibition that's happening that we are uh, two HDB houses in somewhere in Singapore. I don't know, Tiong Bahru, is it? Uh, Topayo. They converted two HDB unit into an art exhibit. And they have uh, some people like children and some people to kind of, uh, I don't know, they, are, they, are, they, they kind of present their work there. Yeah, but you see, uh, those places where, like the two places that were chosen, who chose it? Is it the artist or is it the organization that was involved with the funding? Actually, I'm not so sure about that. Like, I think we, I would need to read up more about how that project came about. But I thought that's an interesting way to kind of reach out to, you know, because it's done in a HDB setting. And I think it reaches out to more Singaporeans because most Singaporeans live in HDB. Not all Singaporeans live in like landed property and having a show done within a HDB flat makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me too. But then I think uh, there were so many restrictions and rate tape being put in place that it's almost impossible for you to do it unless if you are able to convince certain people from the organization that does the funding to actually allow you to do it. Uh, which is quite unfortunate actually because then like again it goes into a cycle right if you were to go to the this, objective is different yeah if you were to go to this organization that does the funding then you have to think about target audience and rather than just creating it's art for actually, the sake of creating actually art actually you have to kind of forego your idea when you come to maybe you have a very good idea and then you go to uh, you know an organization uh, a government body and you ask for funds and your project may be taken but 
it may have evolved into something, you know, not what you're looking for. Especially mm-hmm. things like you know, us in your know, neighborhood where they have uh, arts exhibitions and some other things that happens in the void deck that mm-hmm. happened like maybe three four years ago. Uh, I think it's still happening right now. And I thought that was a good concept, but I think it hasn't gone anywhere. Like it hasn't led to anything bigger than what it was three four years ago. Yeah, because I think uh, a lot of the times uh, people still have this perception that arts is only for the uh, privileged ones, people who actually can afford to practice the arts. Because uh, okay, let's say if if we are not even talking about like venues and stuff, we know that the cost of living here is so high to the point that you will not be able to kind of like uh, sustain yourself if you don't work. Like uh, with payments yes. that that is high enough, then if you like kind of like earn the average income, chances are you might have to take up like two or three jobs at a time. So there isn't really a time for you to to kind of like practice art or enjoy arts. So people who practice arts or enjoy arts, then my question would be, where would the income come from for them to sustain themselves in a country where cost of living is so high? I mean, like, if you were to like talk about like uh, maybe our neighboring countries, right? The way by uh, sometimes the farmers they kind of like have time to kind of practice their arts because you know they don't really have that that high cost of living, and therefore like they just need to produce enough for them to kind of like get by day by day. Then with the extra time, they can practice the arts. But I don't think it's even possible here, because while you're practicing your your arts, where would your money come from? Do you think that you know you talk about uh, different art forms? I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when you were talking about uh, the arts, right, and mm-hmm. like how it's being presented, like produced in, in like versus uh, HDB or maybe very heavily funded to a more privileged type of production, you know, where can be staged in Esplanade or where, what have you. So maybe my 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 thoughts on this is that then maybe we should is there a is is this is this a good time then to think about you know what is art in Singapore like we define art in a Singapore context. Mm, to me, I think you could define what is art in Singapore context, uh, but then again. Uh, with anything that that is produced in Singapore or done in Singapore, there's always this like uh, price tag attached to it, right? Like we will always have to re- think about the economical sense because ultimately, uh, it's all about like your own life sustenance as an artist. How do you sustain yourself? And uh, this whole idea of like sustain and sustenance have been an issue that have been discussed about for many, many years, but no one have yet to come up with like that perfect solution for like, let's say for, for me, who a person who is born in a low-income family, uh, how then do I 
get myself to to a comfortable level whereby I can practice my arts without having to worry about like where is my next meal coming from. Yeah, so I think the first step to like talking about like arts and the definition of art in Singapore, I think is to first of all think about how then do, do artists sustain themselves without having to lean on other organizations or like uh, other uh, bodies for funding. I guess when you talk about arts in Singapore, funding will always be the number one factor. You know, it's the number one, uh, this, this, it's like a, it's a very important thing to think about when you create art in Singapore is the funding. Even like if you talk about the like data companies in Singapore, right? They still rely very much on NEC for fundings. And like you have mentioned before, then what is the arts in Singapore without NEC, like without this funding? Then who who or what is art in Singapore? Yeah, precisely. And also uh okay, so we've talked about people who created art. Then we talk about like people who we kind of like want our work to to be consumed by or engaged with right uh a lot of the times uh when you put up an artwork of uh because we talk about life sustenance so one of the way you can sustain yourself as an artist is to put a price tag to your artwork for people to consume or people to enjoy or people to to interact with then um my question is, those people who interact with your artwork, uh, who consume your artwork, they will then have to pay a certain amount of money. And like, because the, the cost of producing it is so high, you therefore have to charge an equally high price tag uh, for your art piece. Mm -hmm. Therefore, when, when, uh, when a person wants to consume or like wants to enjoy this work of art, for example, they will have to consider paying a hefty amount. And if this person is not well to do enough, they will have to uh, consider and weigh out their options of like, oh, do I spend $25 on a, on a theater tickets or do I spend this $25 on like five meals? Then of course, when such considerations come into place, we can't avoid having that conversation whereby people will be asking who is the arts actually intended for? Is it really for people with low to middle income uh, or is it like really meant for the privileged? And then again, it comes to the whole idea of like, oh, but there are like bodies who will help you to kind of like um, subsidize your tickets and yeah. stuff. But in order for that body to come in to subsidize the tickets, the producer will have will first of all have to write in to these people who are willing to subsidize the tickets for for them to agree on it but in order for them to agree on it again the producer will have to justify who this uh who is the uh, intended audience what do you want to do with your artwork uh, what do you hope to achieve at the end again it comes with a lot of explanation and a lot of like paperwork so so it's it's really like ultimately at the end of the day if i am a person who is not involved in the art 
products or or have no idea the pro- how the process is like, I will always and forever be thinking arts is actually for the privileged and it's only meant for the rich. Uh, one point you made about the ticket prices, right? Mm-hmm. I find that it's always like when we do our shows, it's always a challenge, you know, to kind of decide or, you know, make a decision on what ticket price we want to put, you know. Like, is it too expensive? Is it too cheap? And then we have to weigh with the production cost and all of that. Like, it's, it's a very tedious process where you have to really sit down and kind of decide, you know, who is our show for and is our ticket price too expensive for this target audience? Or I can it- tell you safely, uh... Without without any fundings, right, from any like organizations or like funding bodies, if you were to charge your tickets twenty five dollars per audience, and let's say if you uh, do your shows or performances at a black box setting, twenty five dollars per ticket. In those black box setting, you can only fit in about hundred to two hundred audience members. You times that, so twenty five times two hundred, so you get about five thousand per show. That five thousand per show is definitely not enough to break even for you to pay your creatives, to for you to pay your venue, for you to pay the technicians and all those marketing posters. Not enough. Then um, it would then mean that as a arts as an arts creator, then you would have to have some form of money your own savings or a pool of money where you know you can find like resources like maybe you you have uh, friends or family who want to fund help fund your project yeah either that or you can push your ticket price uh higher like say you push it to 40 dollars but chances are if you put it at 40 dollars uh and you are an unknown organization or an unknown collective or unknown artist, you wouldn't be able to to sell your tickets. And even then, when you sell your tickets, right? Like say you say you you sell it at forty dollars, then you have to also think about like uh, all the other factors. Like for example, like uh, will your audience be able to afford to pay, and then. If you are targeting, if like for me, I'm targeting like school students, of course, forty dollars, they will never be able to to pay for Schools it. Not pay for their students either. Unless if you're from some privileged um, school, yeah, schools with uh, arts funding where there's like an endless amount of money, probably, yeah. or like a privileged uh, household, and you are given say like pocket money, $100 per week kind of thing. Mm. Even $100 per week, I think, is still quite a struggle if you are going to pay $40 for mm-hmm. uh, a performance ticket. Definitely. Yeah. So I guess a question we can pose to our listeners is that, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, the arts, like, for for whom and by whom? Like, you know, all these struggles that we, we have talked about, like, do you face the same struggles? Do you face the same issues and problems? And 
maybe you have your thoughts on how you have tackled certain issues yourself that you would like to share you know we would love to hear about them yes yeah so i guess we would uh, end our live jam session at this juncture because you could talk talk on and on and on about this but i guess it's, it's more about you know sharing of knowledge like we have shared with you our struggles and you know our thoughts on the art scene in singapore maybe you will want to share your take your experience in the arts in singapore so we would love to hear about them so you can just uh, drop us a dm or you can call us or you can dm us like you know if you if you know our numbers and email address just go ahead yeah otherwise you can actually uh just uh leave a comment uh on the youtube channel because uh for our live jams we don't only put our recordings on spotify or like itunes you can actually find the recording on youtube uh, on our youtube channel which is the adi concept channel uh so from there you can actually leave a comment and we will get back to you as quickly as we can thank you everyone We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Bye.